Hey everybody, it's Hey It's History right here with our Global Nine class as we get ready to take you through an awesome journey through history once again. My name is Mr. Sill and we have four awesome students with us today and here they are. My name is Jeffrey. Oh my God. My name is James. <laughs> my name is Vanessa. I'm Allison. And with us today is a special guest, the one and only. He's been here for years in Smithtown. I think from the second they opened the doors, he's been here. Older than dirt. <laughs> That's right, older than dirt. But here he is, the one and only, Mr. Ferrante. Mr. Ferrante, what do you got to say to all the people out there in our podcast right now? Hi out there in TV land. <laughs> all right, so let's get ready to rock and have a great time because today's topic is what were the causes of the fall of the Roman Empire and the Han Dynasty? Was it more internal or external factors that caused their decline and ultimate collapse? All right, so we're going to first start off with the fall and decline of the Roman Empire. I mean, what really caused it? What do you guys think? In, let's look at, let's focus on the internal problems first. Um, so the lack of consistent leadership and the methods used to appoint emperors and killing the ruler um, weakened Rome. Um, political corruption was a problematic um, part of the citizens of Rome because it made it harder for them to live peacefully mm -hmm. and um, the government was becoming too strong. So the, um, the housing for the wealthy was um, really comfortable and spacious and it really um, provided them with what they needed. But with so many poor people living in the city, the city began to erode. Mm -hmm. Um, the rent was high, resulting in people being forced to live in the streets, and crime and filth became an everyday event. Great. Yeah, Vanessa, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> towards the end, they had a bad defense system, and they overspent on the military a lot. They lost value. They lost all old values and Christianity, also over expansion. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, Mr. Ferrante, what, what, what's some of your take on this? What maybe build on what they said and, and what other factors might have led to this uh, decline? Well, they, they brought up some excellent points there, and has left me a lot to build on. Uh, talking about the economy weak, and part of the reason why the economy was weaking, weakening was because the Romans were literally running out of silver. So if you go into the first century CE, and you picked a coin from Persia, from the Han Dynasty, from Rome, all of those coins had probably somewhere around 80 to 85% silver content, and then base metals would make up the rest. Right, right. And that stayed pretty constant throughout Asia, but by the time you start getting into the fourth and fifth centuries, even a little bit earlier, because the Romans were running out of silver, the silver content in their coins dropped from like 85 or 80% down to the mid 40s. So it was that literally cutting that value. Right. So if you were a Roman merchant and you were showing up at the market outside of Rome, what used to cost you maybe two or three coins is now costing you four, five, six. And then what about taxes? You still had to pay the same amount of taxes? Right. Still had to pay the same amount of taxes. Mm. So your, your internal stuff, the stuff that was produced internally, was staying pretty much the same. But stuff that was being imported, you were paying astronomical prices for. Right, right. Okay, that's interesting. So economically, they're feeling the pain from that. Right. From uh, from depending on slave trade too, right? Yes. And and animals for the for the games. 
So you're paying a lot more for that lion. <laughs> all right. So that was a, a pretty good look overview of some of the internal, not all of them, but some, some of the major internal problems that the Romans were having. What about external? I mean, we talked about these two factions and some external pressures were coming in. So what do you guys have for that external factors? So overall, the fall of Rome is put on the barbarians. They took advantage of the difficulties already happening in Rome. These include poor leadership, bad defense systems, a decaying city, and basically all the internal problems. Okay. Allison, you want to answer that? Um, they, the barbaric uh, people, they assumed that because these internal things are happening, they're going to be weak, so we're going to be able to take over without much of a fight. So they saw it as something that they could easily do. So it was sort of a win-win situation for them and a lose-lose situation for the Romans. All right, yeah, very good. Uh, Mr. Bronte, what, what do you think about this? Uh, I really like the way that they combine both the internal and the external factors together because that's absolutely the way these things go down. Yeah, you have these invaders coming in. You have these tribes that want to push into the Roman Empire. But... Like you were saying, because of the rise of Christianity, more of that limited amount of silver and gold is going to the church. It's not being thrown into uh, the military. So their borders were weak. So, yeah, it was the combination of weakness within allowed pressures from outside to start knocking down those and walls. Wasn't it the point where they were actually hiring some of these barbaric groups as mercenaries to fight for them? And then eventually yeah. Yeah. they turn on them, you know, yeah, I, loyal. I think probably about 10, 15% of the Roman army at that point was foreign born. Um, but interestingly enough, they were doing it because they wanted to become Roman citizens. Right. But then as Rome's collapsing, who wants Citiz to be a citizen of something dying? Dying, right, yeah. And there's your opportunity. He's like, hey, let me just take it. Right. I'll make it my own. And eventually you have these massive barbaric invasions, the Vandals coming in, the Goths, yep. and the sack of Rome, and uh, it's all over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now let's take a look at the Han Dynasty over in China, and let's take a look at some of the internal problems, right, that were resonating there. So, uh, James, what, what, do you, what do you want to talk about first? The empire is getting bad because they're raising taxes, which people don't want to pay, and and they're ignoring the people because they're too busy having fun. That's right. Yeah, the emperor was in charge, but uh, he was getting you know very happy in his situation, and like you said, ignoring the people. Right, uh, Carl? What do you think? The, the emperor overcharged taxes. He. Mm -hmm. He take money from people because he needed to go have fun because <laughs> yeah you're right he just want to be like the most powerful person in like the kingdom he doesn't want any disrespect from other people he just take it from them that's right excellent yeah Mr. Brown, what do you think. <clears throat> Ab on this. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, taxes were going up um, and actually agricultural production was going down. And when you start having no food and no money, people start questioning, eh, does this guy really have the mandate anymore? It's a bad combination of things. When, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the storm hits and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. Or an earthquake right. or a flood. 
The gods are angry. Yeah. Let's get rid of this guy. But you need to have a rebellion to do that, right? Yes, I mean, you, you do. You got to beat them. You got to take them out. And then, then you get the mandate of heaven. So, yeah, I mean, there's population increases. And I think both the Roman and the Han were overexpanding their empires. Yeah. Perhaps it was too much to control. And it's no wonder this the frontiers and these little pockets of rebellions are happening when the people aren't happy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. You're talking about the two biggest empires of the time period. And, uh, and Mr. Front, there's a religious component to this as well, right? I mean, with the Han, you had it was Confucian state, the Han dynasty mm-hmm, was Confucian. Right. And then with the Confucian scholars sort of failing the people, people started, hey, maybe this Confucian thing's not not stable enough. And they start looking for options right. spiritually right. to Taoism and to Buddhism, which we're going to learn about in you know in the coming weeks. Right. And so how does that work out? How what well, yeah, I mean, Confucianism worked great for the people while everything was going fine. But once you're losing your money, you're losing your house, you're starving, uh, <laughs> you start and you have to start dealing with some real pain. Something like Buddhism that talks about ending suffering. Right. That that's the, the, the gist of their in. message. That fits in real nicely. So you've got this uh, missionary religion coming in from India that the Confucians are kind of worried about because, hey, that's muscling in on their territory, right. kind of the way the old school Romans back in uh, back in the Roman Empire were worried about the rise of Christianity, another missionary religion that says, hey, don't worry about this life, worry about the next one. Nice. I think we just made an awesome comparison right there. That's pretty <laughs> sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's take a look at the Han external prop. So, uh, James, what do you think is going on here externally in the Han Dynasty? The Xiangguan as the barbarians. Wow. So the so the gov so the empires give money give money to these barbarians to make to make him to make them happy, but then they're starting to have too much fun. If they don't have any more money, so they cannot give any more money to these barbarians. So they're angry now. So they, so they're gonna attack them. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, what did they used to build though to actually keep the, the barbarians out? The Great Wall of China to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he said he, the Great Wall of China is built right to to defend against the yes. land, and then uh, if. They need more mandatory to put them themselves. They need money, more soldiers mm-hmm. to to fight them, to fight the bar- the barbarians, to know how to protect themselves for not just a good war protecting them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you want to add on that, Mr. Ferrante? Yeah, and I think uh, maybe another comparison, even to make to our our Roman friends over yes. there is that the steppe nomads were way better organized than those Germanic tribes. Mm. So they were able to, it really is. <laughs> it really is. And they're on horseback. And so they were able to execute these really sophisticated military maneuvers out there. And I think lots of times the Han went out there and found themselves out thought and outgunned. Wow. Is that because just, in general, or because they were already declining and they they lacked uh, commitment from their soldiers, it was a 
Do you think were they always outmaneuvered by them, or was it just kind of a recent phenomenon given the decline? Part a little from column A and a little from column okay. B. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, there were there were soldiers that were saying, "Hey, I'm I'm literally not getting paid enough for this. Goodbye. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth it." And the other thing too is, uh, they said, "Look, we're not going to we're not going to fight like the barbarians. So we're not going to fight on horseback. We're not going to have a cavalry. Yeah, we're going to do it all on foot soldiers. So even though they knew how to." fight on horseback they opted not to wow. and so the nomads were literally able to ride rings uh circles around them sure and and the the Zhang Yu, james can you say it for us again yeah, he says it's so well accent. Awesome. <laughs> why can't we say it like <laughs> that it's <laughs> my best go for it i will keep working on it yeah but yeah those guys later on um because they are defeated by the han and they get weakened, but then they come back and they eventually turn into the Huns. And the Huns are sort of the common denominator here, yeah. both because they're influencing actually three empires. I think it's the fall of the uh, of the of the Han, yeah, the Romans because they yeah. pushed the Germanic tribes, right? There. And even the, uh, the the White Huns influenced the Maurya in India, yeah, Gupta, yeah, or the Gupta, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you got one heck of a, of a yeah, group of people. That's a, <laughs> a lot of a lot of dominoes that they're tipping yeah, over. So they really are pretty incredible. And how it just shows you that even in this time of civilization, we still have the power of the nomads, right? And the power of these of these uh, nomadic groups that that's still prevalent in the world. It's not like civilizations have started and everybody's in a city now, right? Right? There's still many people who are wanderers, who are nomadic or pastoral nomads, yeah. right? That are still at the, at the uh, you know practicing their culture at that time. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty amazing. All right. So the next thing we need to decide now is you know let's let's get all groups in here, the Roman and the Han. And figure out if you think it's more external, internal. What was the real, the major, major cause that led to their decline? All right, Mr. Ferrante, uh, we are right now at our, our final piece of the wow. puzzle here, right? This is amazing. Wow. And so <laughs> let's see if we can come to some kind of conclusions. We know that there's so many factors that led to the decline of these amazing empires, uh, the Han and the Romans. But what do you guys think of some of the, you know, the main factors? You know, the viewers out there need to know one thing they got to write about. What would it be? Uh, Vanessa, you want, you want to start off? Well, the internal caused the external problems. The government corruption, a decaying city, poor leadership, and a bad defense system were just some of the internal reasons that Rome fell. These internal causes made Rome weak and easier for the external conflict, the barbarian troops, to take over. That's great. That's a, like a great thesis. That's a statement. really great summing up, yeah. All right, Allison, what do you think? Um, the lack of... Uh, the proper government was also a big problem. It made the people less united mm -hmm. or unified or whatever. Sure. And um, it made them much weaker, so they were more susceptible to attack. Um, the external problems really sprouted off of the internal problems because the barbaric troops probably noticed that this was happening and they saw that they were getting weaker, so they decided to take over. Um, yeah, that the internal problems are a, like a bigger um, reason about how and why this happened. Uh, Mr. Frondi, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I think what I want to compliment both the young ladies on was the combination of both internal and external factors. Because that is absolutely the way history works. Human society is just too complex for one, one factor. And, and I totally agree with you that the weakness within the empire made all of the external pressures 
uh, a real problem. Too much to handle. Too much to Too handle. Too hot to handle, baby. Right. The, the tree had been dead for a while. <laughs> it's just the wind from the outside yeah. that finally knocked oh, it over. I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was like the nail in the coffin, right? Yeah. These guys coming around. So, all right. Now, what, what about the Han? We go to China, and is it the same story? Uh, is it the same story with many of these major empires? Uh, what do you guys think? I think still the internal cause the, the external external because the because of the empire is having to having is too busy to have fun so they use all their money and then they don't have the money for the Xiaogun barbarians right. so mm -hmm. so the barbarians not happy so they're gonna attack them so in a nutshell how would you Define the falls of these great empires at the front. If you could do that, I mean, this is hard to do. <laughs> that is really hard. <laughs> it's a to complex do. question, but can we simplify it to something? Maybe one thought or something. I mean, I think her definition was pretty well yeah. established. Yeah, I, th I think all of the yes. definitions. Yeah. I think all the explanations were really good. If I had to put it into a single phrasing, <laughs> is everything that they did to keep the civilization going ultimately turned on itself. So the strength became the weakness. That's excellent. All right, so we're gonna go over more of the details of this as we, uh, in class as well. But we wanna thank all our students for coming here and doing a great job. Nice, nicely done, nicely yeah. done. And of course, let's give it up for our special guest, Mr. Farad Day, right? So if you can see me, years of knowledge to the table here, this is great. And um, we want to say goodbye to everyone out there in podcast land. So thanks. This is Hayes History signing off. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.